Welcome to There is a Method to the Madness. I am Rob Maxwell and I work as an exercise physiologist. In the Method to the Madness, I explore with you why things may or may not work in the realm of health and fitness. I use science to explain what you really need to know about current events in fitness and what you should simply pass on. All right, in today's episode, I'm going to talk about the squat strength exercise. This week, I'm going to do a little series on basic exercises and muscles. I think it's needed. I think people need to know a little bit more or a lot more about their muscles and how they work and how to train them. And today, I'm going to cover the squat. But before I do, I must state that this episode is sponsored by Jonathan and Lynn Gilden at the Gilden Group at Realty Pros. They currently have over 275 star reviews on Zillow and over 100 million in sales between the two. They are grinders. They will find you what you need, what you're looking for out there, and they will list your house and make you just a lot of money on your property. I can almost guarantee that. The one thing I can guarantee is they're going to do their absolute best for you. They can be reached at 386-451-2412 or at thegildengroup.com. Okay, so let's talk about the squat. The squat is one of the most famous of all the strength training exercises. When I first started learning about weight training in middle school, junior high age, I, uh, we were all, I should say, obsessed with the bench press. It was the barometer, how strong are you, how much do you bench, so we might say it's the most famous exercise, but I think that the squat is slowly catching up, if not surpassing, and you know what? It certainly is a heck of a lot more functional and important. There's no question about that. So a squat is what we call a compound exercise. A compound exercise means you're using more than one muscle group during the activity, which means that you're using more than one joint. So it's a multi-joint exercise, which means multi-muscles. Now, in truth, that scenario is slightly more functional because we're more likely to be engaging different muscles whenever we move and not just simply isolating. So the opposite of that would be a single joint exercise or an isolation exercise, which definitely have their purpose. An example for the legs for that would be a leg extension, which is a isolating exercise of your quads, your four quad muscles. So another one would be a hamstring leg curl, which isolates the hamstrings. Again, they have purpose, they have need. A compound exercise, again, uses either, well not either, but both multi-joints and multi-muscle groups. So that makes it a little more functional. Now, the squat uses two main joints, the hips and the knees. Now you could say the ankles are involved a little bit too, and that's true from a stability standpoint, but they're not moving what we call concentrically 
and eccentrically. So they're not moving with the purpose of moving the load. They are stabilizing you. You could also say, depending on how you're holding the load, let's say you're doing a traditional back squat with the bar on your back, that your shoulders are involved. And again, that is true as well, but that's from a stabilization standpoint. So when we list exercises under muscle groups, it really goes in regards to how are they moving isotonically or dynamically, which means what joints and muscles are actually moving the load in the linear direction that you are going, okay? So it's mainly the knees and the hips involved in the squat exercise. Now, some people get the spine involved in a squat exercise. That's not a good thing. That happens when somebody is squatting down and they're unable to keep their chest high like we yell at people to do all the time and they start bending over more and more and more at the trunk. So it's not the hips. People think that's the hips. That's not the hips, but at the trunk, the waistline, which is the actual spinal joint, not the hips. And that puts a lot of load on the lower back and it makes it nearly impossible to really engage the muscles you're trying to engage. All right, so we don't want spinal involvement in the squat. We're supposed to be able to keep our spine stable, which if we have strong abdominals from practicing exercises appropriately like that and doing planks and things like that, then we should be able to keep this spine upright just like so. All right, so the muscles involved, again, dynamically are the glutes, glute maximus, the quadriceps, and the hamstrings. So those are the three muscle groups involved in the squat. The glute maximus, not the medius. The medius is the side glute muscle that's responsible for side-to-side -side motion. The glute maximus is responsible for what we call extending the hip, which is when your knee is driven backwards as you are coming upright. Okay, that is a hip extension and that is glute maximus. Now the quad is involved heavily in knee extension so it's the quad and hamstrings that are responsible for the knee joint. It is the glute maximus in this case that's responsible for the hip. All right so the joint actions are hip extension and knee extension. So anytime you have a compound exercise you're going to have more than one joint action. And yes, the primary purpose of a muscle is to move a limb. And that movement takes place at a joint. So the glute maximus moves the femur. That's its job. The femur is the heavy leg bone. All right. The quadricep extends the lower leg, which is the tibia and the fibula bones, extends them. So like you're doing a knee extension, the hamstring flexes them primarily, all right? So the involvement of the muscles in the squat exercises, as you're lowering yourself eccentrically, as you start to come up, that's the isotonic, that is the concentric version of the contraction. As you're starting to come up, it is the glute maximus that extends the hip, so pushes the femur back behind, and as you're getting closer to the top, the quadriceps lock out the knee or extend the knee and therefore both of those muscles are involved. Now the hamstrings actually in this case 
are also involved in hip extension. So as I said earlier, they normally flex the knee, they flex the tibia and fibula, so they pull the heel back towards your bottom, towards your butt. Yes, that's their primary role, but they also work in hip extension, and that is their role in the squat. Now here's something interesting for you. You hear hack professionals often say that you're working your hamstrings and your quads evenly in a squat. It's really not true. In the squat exercise, there is not, I repeat, not a lot of hamstring activation. They are assisting in hip extension, but the primary hip extension is coming from the glute maximus. They are involved, but they're not involved as much as you might be led to believe. The quads and glutes are the primary muscles of the squat exercise. All right, so that's the muscular involvement. Now, let's talk about modes. Modes are the way you can do it. There's bodyweight squats, there's barbell squats, both front and back squats. There's Smith machine squats. There's dumbbell squats. There's leg press, which is a machine squat. There's cable squat, there's TRX squat. They are all good. The only thing I want you to be aware of is where you hold the load changes slightly, not a lot, slightly where you're activating. So a back squat, because it's on the posterior side of your body, it is on your shoulders across your traps, is going to activate your glutes more than a front squat where the bar is held on your sternum, which is going to activate more of the quads. So where you hold the load changes more if it's gonna be posterior or anterior. And to keep it simple for you, because it is simple, if you're holding the load in the back part of your body, for example, on your traps in a back squat, or you're holding your dumbbells up in an angle like that, it's going to activate more glute maximus. If you're doing it more to the front and you're holding it the bar across your sternum, like you'll see crossfitters and people like that do front squats, or if you're holding a goblet squat like a kettlebell or dumbbells to the front, it's simply gonna be more quads. Both are good. It depends on what you're really trying to do and keep in mind you're activating both of those major muscle groups no matter what, just maybe more one direction to the other and you're still getting a little bit, albeit not a lot, of hamstring activation no matter what you do, although common sense says you're gonna get slightly more hamstring activation when you're doing a back squat because the hamstrings are tied into your glutes more, of course. All right, so that's the only thing on that. The mode-wise, you pick what you have and you pick what works best for you and possibly pick multiple different angles. I will say that load matters, so it's harder to get stronger on an exercise unless you have an external load. So bodyweight squats can work great. If you do a lot of reps, you can definitely get stronger, but there will come a point of diminishing returns with them, meaning that the more you do, it doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna get stronger, you're gonna maybe work more endurance, but you're not gonna get stronger. So you might find yourself burning more calories and getting some exercise, but not really getting any stronger. So you are gonna need an external load. Now I will also say we can go too far in that other direction as well 
and thinking load, 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 like you think of some power lifters in a gym squatting 500 pounds and all this stuff. That's not necessary either, although not a bad thing if you're training for competition and you're naturally doing it right. We simply need an appropriate load, which typically is a load that makes us fatigue our muscles somewhere between 18 and 15 on a general rule of thumb with that. So we do need appropriate load. The other thing that impacts that is sometimes dumbbells are very convenient. What some people find though, especially if they don't have a stronger grip, is that their grip or shoulders wear out by holding their dumbbells in a goblet fashion before their legs do. So there is that. I would experiment with finding out how you can maximize the activation on the muscles it's supposed to be, minimize the activation on the muscles it's not supposed to be, and find what works best for you. Now, a little bit on form. You know how so many people push, especially from the CrossFit mantras and, and other groups, which is fine if that's what you're into, but they're wrong on this. You don't have to go ass to grass to get maximum activation of the muscles in your glutes or quads. Now, it is true that the lower you go, the more glute you're going to get versus quad, but there's also a point of diminishing returns there, meaning as you get close to parallel, that's really all the activation you're going to get. And going lower and lower and lower, just put strains in the meniscus and other um, tissues of the knee that you don't necessarily need to be stressing. And studies show that people that go down even half to three quarters squat get almost the full, in some case more, activation of those muscles without the strain on the knees. There are certain sports like football players and cyclists and, and sports like that that require a lot of quad strength and all that, that basically only do half squats because they're really trying to strengthen those muscles and going any lower really doesn't help them. And if you think about it, we're usually not overly low when we're sitting in a chair, right? So going too low isn't necessary. It can be okay. There is a higher sense of risk with it. I'm not saying don't do it if it's working for you. I'm saying it may simply not be necessary. The number one key to that is always keeping your chest up because a lot of times when people have a tendency to lose the angle of their spine to get lower, now that exercise becomes counterproductive. So here is a simple Rob rule for you. Squat as low as you can without pain in your knees while keeping your chest up. Plain and simple, that is gonna be your maximum level of depth. If you find yourself going lower, but you see your spine rounding and your chest falling forward, you're going too low. Very simple, that's more of a level of flexibility and not really strength. So don't push it if you can't push it naturally for your body type, it really is that simple, but by all means find a way to squat. It is absolutely a great exercise. I hope this helps. Again, all week long, I'm going to be talking about different exercises and different movements. I recommend that you squat anywhere between one and three times a week and find the best mode that works for you. Now let me thank our second sponsors, the Istanbul Turkish Mediterranean Cuisine. They're located at 488 South Young Street, Ormond Beach, Florida. Stop in and get some healthy alternatives, get some nice vegetarian dishes and some salads. 
They can be reached via telephone at 386-492-7100 or you can place an order online at istanbilflorida.com. Until then, be max fit, be max well.